And it is Jesus who makes today glorious. And thank you for joining us on this morning's broadcast. Today, Pastor Elliot continues to preach from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, a passage that reminds us that the Lord Jesus Christ was the most excellent Christmas gift of them all. And now with his message for today, Pastor Robert Elliot. We know it wasn't a random Big Bang. Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, spoke it into existence. Christ is the best gift that heaven could offer earth because Christ is the creator of all things. John 1, 3 sums it up. Through him, Christ, all things were made. Without him, Christ, nothing was made that has been made. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Romans eleven thirty six. again, we said earlier in the message, for from him, Christ, and through him, Christ, and to him, Christ, are all things. To him, Christ, be glory forever. In Colossians 1.16, For by him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him, Jesus, and for him, Jesus. Augustine wrote this, Maker of the Son, he is made under the sun. In the Father he remains, from his mother he goes forth. Creator of heaven and earth, he was born on earth under heaven. Unspeakably wise, he is wisely speechless. Filling the world, he lies in a manger. Ruler of the stars, he nurses at his mother's bosom. He is both great in the nature of God and small in the form of a servant. What a mighty God we serve. And what a mighty gift he sent. What a mighty gift he sent. God the Father sent us that very first Christmas, the most mighty gift that ever could be given, and he disguised his gift as a helpless, crying, newborn baby. Our God is a speaking God. Our God loves to communicate with us. The Bible is a revelation. It's not a concealment. It's a revelation. Because our God is a speaking God, and he loves to communicate to people. You know, our daughter's in Germany and will be over the holidays. We miss her, of course. And we can say to you, as parents of a child doing school in Germany over Christmas, a phone call is good, but Skype is better. But a face-to-face conversation is best. The Old Testament prophets were good. But God made flesh and dwelling amongst us and being captured in the word of God, the scriptures, is better. Elwood McQuaid director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, wrote this poem. Lord of the universe, sovereign of measureless space, 
God of all majesty, honor, glory, and grace, maker of meadow, mountain, river, and stream, crowned his creation, sending his son to redeem. A babe in a manger sleeping in dim stable cave, here on a mission of mercy to seek and to save. To see him and know him, a wonder too great to conceive, the creator, my savior, if only I choose to believe. Have you chosen to believe in him to be your savior? There was a Christian lecturer who gave his lecture at a teaching, major teaching hospital in America. And a Nigerian woman who herself was the physician in that teaching hospital came out of the crowd at the lecture theater to speak to the lecturer. And she introduced herself using her American name. But she said she had an African name. The lecturer was curious and he said, well, tell me your African name. And she gave him a very beautiful but a very long name, very, very long name. And he asked her, what does that mean? She said, it means the child who takes away anger. He asked her to say more. And the physician said to him, my parents have been forbidden by their parents to marry, but they loved each other so much that they defied the family opinions and married anyway. And for several years, they were ostracized from both of their families. And then my mother became pregnant with me. And when the grandparents held me in their arms for the first time, the walls of hostility came down and I became the one who swept the family's anger away. The Lord Jesus Christ is the child that takes the anger away. Our sin before a holy, just God deserves wrath. That wrath can only be taken away by God the Son, sinless Savior, crucified, bloodied, killed, resurrected Redeemer. Redemption is God's magnificent work against all odds of taking sinners like me out of the slave marketplace of sin, paying the ransom price to the holiness of God, bringing me out of that slave marketplace of sin and setting me free to do God's will, to do God's work. Never having to go back into the slave marketplace again, ever. Have you been redeemed by the child who takes away the wrath? Have you trusted him only to be your peace with God? Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Merry Christmas, and this is Pastor Nicholas. And today we're going to look at the first that we all know and we have heard all through our lives at Christmas time. And I think that this is the key to our Christmas as we consider all the rush that we have been going through already, all the busyness that we need to just take time to reflect on the reason for Christmas. And here it is, Luke 2:11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, we need to recognize as we consider this verse and we have talked about this and, and we looked at it last week as we talked about the shepherds, but I want to just focus on this one verse this morning 
Because I think that when we get this truth, then everything changes for us. Because, again, we need to recognize that Jesus was not just any baby, but he was the Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, I think that we cannot celebrate Christmas without even thinking about Easter. And I know some people are like, well, what are you doing? You know, why are you going to bring Easter into this great time as we consider the birth of Christ and we sing these nice Christmas carols and, you know, no one wants to think of that, you know, Friday when, when Jesus was crucified. But the reality is that we cannot think about Christmas unless we do think about Easter. Because this is the purpose that he came for. He did not just come to this earth to, to live a life and, and to just have a couple of years of ministry but he came to die for the sins of the world. He came to die for our sins. He came to save us from our sins. And you see, only one person could do that. And this is what Jesus did. As we consider this and we consider the Christmas story and we can consider all the nice trees and everything that we looked at, we cannot forget to remember that he died for our sins. He was a savior who was Christ the Lord. You know, I think too many times, as, again, as we consider the Christmas story, I think that we try to pretty it up. And we, we, we try to imagine that, you know, Jesus was born in, the, in this great hospital or the great clean manger and stable. And, but I don't know about you, but I've never been in a clean stable. As you consider the stench and the smell from the animals and just the waste that the animals have in these different places, it's not ideal to think that the king, the savior of the world will come this way. But I think this is a picture for us as, as believers and a picture for us, each one of us that he did not come in a way that we would expect. He came in a way that none of us would have expected him to come because the world would teach us that he had to come on a you know, there would be a big announcement in the newspaper about this king being born. And, you know, we would have to, you know, make an appointment to come and see him. And, you know, there would be this big hoopla about it. But we see that this never happened in the case of Jesus. Yes, the shepherds were told about it. Lowly shepherds. But this king, this savior, Jesus, was different than any other king. Because all kings that lived before could not save people. All kings who lived before would die, but not be rose again. You see, this is what we recognize as we consider our Savior. We consider Jesus. We consider the Christmas slash Easter story. Because our king came to this earth and he died for our sins. And you see, we need to recognize that as you're listening to this this morning, that you recognize that we have all sinned. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you may be listening this morning and you may say, well, I'm a good person. You know, I've never drank, I've never smoked, never had sex before marriage. I'm a good person. But the Bible makes it very clear that there's none good. No, not one. The Bible makes it clear that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this is why we were in the need of a Savior. And this is why Jesus came to this earth. As Romans 5, 8 tells us, But God commended his love toward us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, Christ did not come to the, to the earth and say, You need to get pretty up and you need to do this before I come here. But he came here for us 
to die for us. And we know that as we consider Friday, that we know that our Savior didn't stay there, but he's alive and well. And there are no other kings that can say that, that they died and they rose again. But as we consider Christmas and we consider the Easter story tied together, we need to recognize that our king is risen. We worship a risen king. And when we sing these Christmas carols and we consider, you know, joy to the world, the question becomes, is it truly joy to us? Have we experienced that true joy? Because we also sing in that song, He Rules the World. The question becomes, for us as people, we need to ask ourselves, does He truly rule our world? Does He truly rule our lives? Is He truly seen in us? You know, you may be listening to this in the morning, you may say, you know what? I've had a rough Christmas. This is the first Christmas that I've had without this person who has passed away. Or oh, this has happened. I don't have a job. All these different things. You know, Christmas is, is a thing that brings emotions on people because we have those times of, of, you know, great times, but we also have these times that sometimes aren't good for people as it's the first Christmas without that loved one. I want to tell you this morning, if you're listening to this, that the same God is the same God in the good times and he's the same God in the bad times. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're listening to this broadcast and you know what? You never accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You know what? Christmas means nothing to you. You're just having another holiday. You're just getting some gifts. But you're forgetting the gift. Because you don't have the gift of Jesus Christ. You don't have the gift of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. And you see, if you don't have that gift, then Christmas is nothing to you. It's just another day. It's just another day off from your job. But for us who call ourselves believers, we can truly recognize and truly know that Christmas is a day for us. Christmas is a day that the Savior of the world was born. And we can celebrate that. But he was born to die for us. He was born to, that he, he was born so that we could have a relationship with him. So I just challenge for us who call ourselves believers that we would even find an opportunity to sell, tell someone about the Christmas story, but let's not forget about the death of, and the, re, the resurrection of Christ. Because I think that we need to tie it together. Because I think that he was born to die. And I would just challenge you, Again, if you don't know him as your Lord and personal Savior, experience Christmas for the very first time. You can feel free to call us here at Echoes of Calvary at 326-0800. You can call and ask for Pastor Nicholas, and I'll be willing to talk to you. Because I think that the greatest gift that you can get this Christmas is a relationship with Jesus Christ, because he is the gift. Sit back, listen up for a short Christmas devotional we'd like to share with you. A blessed Christmas to all of our listeners. I have a Christmas devotional to share with you, written by Dr. Joseph Fanton, Assistant Professor of New Testament Studies at Dallas Theological Seminary. The devotional is titled, Come, Let Us Worship the King. Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? 
For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Matthew 2, verse 2. The three wise men, magi, are a fixture of Christmas. No creche scene is complete without them. However, of them we know little, neither where they were from, nor even how many there were, but we do know that they left their homes with only a star to guide them in search of a king. Kings evoke much imagery, crowns, robes, etc. Their significance is rarely understood today. A king was a vital part of a community. He was responsible for his subjects. The king and his people shared a relationship. He cared for them and they honored him. With good, wise kings, societies prospered. With wicked, foolish kings, societies experienced ruin. At Christ's birth, there were other kings. Our Eastern visitors naturally went to Jerusalem where King Herod lived. However, Herod was unaware of any birth and was troubled. Additionally, Herod was king only at the pleasure of the Roman king Augustus. Neither Augustus nor Caesar were born kings. Rather, they gained their position through military power and political maneuvering. The Magi were looking for one born king. Jesus was no usurper. Birth assured continuity, stability, and legitimacy. Jesus is the true king. We do not know exactly what the Magi understood about King Jesus. However, their purpose was worship. Yes, they honored him. However, their response was more than what one gives to an earthly king. Proper worship in the New Testament is reserved for God. The purpose of these early Christmas celebrators was worship. The Magi remind us of the purpose of Christmas. They point us to the center of the season. They model our expected response. They found what they were looking for. Let us follow them to Jesus. Let us worship the King. And now, today's personal God story. Recently, we had the opportunity to sit and talk with uh, Gwen Hepburn. She's been sharing her personal God story and the results of infidelity in her marriage and how God has brought her from there to here. We resume from where we left off last week. The question is, have you come to the place of forgiving? I know the answer is yes, but, and you've told us a little bit, I think about how you were able to, but is there anything more you'd like to say, maybe to the person listening who's just on the edge of her seat this Sunday morning, because you are talking, you're about her world. She has a husband who is not faithful to her, and she knows it. And she heard the word forgiveness mentioned in our interview previously, and she thought, forgiveness? Forgiveness? But t talk a bit about forgiveness in this. First of all, we must forgive, just as our Lord and Savior has forgiven us. Yes. I know that I didn't do anything. Yes. But I asked to be forgiven first. Mm. Because maybe it was something that, you know, that he might have thought that I didn't do. 
but again, because of lack of communication, you know, but didn't our father say, if somebody believed that we did all against them, but we don't know that we have done anything to them, we should still go and ask for forgiveness. Yes, I'll just interject that the psalmist says, search me and know my heart, try me and see if there's any wicked way in me, and leave me in the way everlasting. So the way that, that, that I try to practice that spiritual discipline in my own life is that often I ask the Lord, show me any unconfessed sin yes. in my life. And then I just wait in quietness before God. And he's always been faithful if there is unconfessed sin. He puts a strong impression on my heart exactly what it is, and then I, I need to deal with it. But it's interesting that when you uh, talked about, when you just were asked about how you came to forgive your husband, you started by saying that I asked God to forgive me. And, and that's uh, wonderful, because then you could go forward with clean hands and a pure heart. So let's carry the story from there. You dealt with any question of sin in your own life by asking God to help you deal with that. Then what did you do? Well, I prayed um, for my husband. Yes. Well, I continued praying for him. And I had forgiven him hmm. because I didn't want unforgiveness in my heart. Because to me, that can lead to hate. Absolutely. And... I thank God from an early age. I even asked God one time, why can't I hate? But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't really hate anyone. And I don't want to do that because to hate in our heart, you're a murderer. Right. So I had forgiven him a very long time ago, but was I hurting? Yes, mm -hmm. very much so. But I just knew that I had to forgive. And that is what I did. Before your husband ever asked you to forgive, you made the decision to forgive him. Yeah. Um, what I did do in my journal, I had written a prayer for my husband. Mm -hmm. Because even for my children, I always write my prayers as well. Mm -hmm. And I present them to God. Yes. And I have a prayer written for him. So I would... Hold that prayer up to God, <laughs> you know, and I kept on believing that he would be there. He would resume his position as the head of our home. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ would be the foundation yes. of our lives. He would turn my husband's heart the father's heart to the children yes. and the children's heart to their father. Mm -hmm. There'd be reconciliation mm -hmm. in the home yes. with everyone. And I prayed and I continued thanking God for it. And it took a long time, but God answers prayers. He does. And he's never late. He's never late. Mm -hmm. He's never late. Because what I was seeing in my husband at that time, it was not the man that I married, that I knew. Yes. You know, so I just had to pray for him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he wasn't a Christian. I mean, he, he was religious, but he wasn't a Christian. But first of all, I must say that neither one of us was a Christian. Mm -hmm. But I was brought up 
going to church, you know, like three times a day. I see. And by the time we got home from church, my father, when we got, went to Sunday school, it was three of us left. So when we got home, now we would rehearse. My brother was older, was the oldest of the three of us. He would say, now, don't forget now, when we get home, you know what the lesson was about today? You remember? If it was First Peter, whatever it was, now we all had to have it down back as to what it was. Because when we got home, my father would quiz us. Wow. Individually. Mm, oh, individually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and you never know when he was going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody had to be on one accord. Yeah. So we would rehearse that. Oh, isn't that something? And he would make sure, us, each one of us, and when he gets through questioning you, you couldn't go back with the other two. You had to wait. <laughs> so he had a smart daddy. He would say, what about your money that you had to put in the collection plate? Daddy, we put it in. You know, so, I, I mean, we were brought up like that. We had to go to church, you know, stuff like that. My husband, his mother was a believer. I mean, she was in church and everything, but he wasn't in church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but then I brought my children up also, knowing that you must forgive. Yes. From an early age. And you practice what you preach. Uh, I'd just like to circle back to kind of highlight what you said about uh, praying for your husband. Uh, you kept a journal of your prayers. You actually wrote your prayers out. So that helped you to focus on your prayers, I yes. think. And when your prayers were written out, you had a very uh, comforting sense, I think, that you gave that, the prayer with all of its specifics to the Lord to deal with. And then you said something else that I thought was especially helpful. You said after all of that, after writing out your prayers, after giving those written out prayers to the Lord, you said, and I thanked him in advance for his answers. Yes, Beautiful I did. Beautiful faith. I did thank him in advance. Those prayers were written with tears in my eyes. Mm. You know, because I, I believe God's word. And I believe there wasn't anything too hard for him. Amen. And um, I would, again, like I said, I was very serious about my marriage. Mm -hmm. Very serious. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted our family back together. Yes. You know, so I, I had to be very serious and be very focused. You had spiritual work to do, as well as all the housework and the mothering work that was necessary. You had spiritual work you needed to do, and you rolled up your sleeves, and you did that spiritual work. I had to do it. There's some, there are some uh, women and some men listening this morning who need to do the same. They need to roll up their sleeves and do their spiritual work. Not just say they believe in spiritual things, but to do the spiritual work involved. Yes. Yes. That's all the time we had for today. We'll pick up from here next week in the will of the Lord. You've been listening to the Echoes of Calvary. 
a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 and 11 a.m. this morning in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. Feel free to join us at these times. You can also write us at eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior. Save.